are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these.
your spirit. Let us pray together the collect. O God, whose blessed Son made himself known to his disciples in the breaking of bread, open the eyes of our faith that we may behold him in all his redeeming work, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Rowan. All right. The army of the Lord is assembling. (laughs) Hey there, kiddo. All right. This is a great group. Brought his own cross. Brought his own cross. Yeah, take it up and follow me. (laughs) You have any idea where that's headed? (laughs) Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for these great children. Lord, we pray that as they go off to learn and to be taught all about you, that their hearts and their minds would be open and that you would put the gospel deep in them, Lord God, and make them mighty warriors for your kingdom. Lord, we thank you for all the Sunday school workers, too, volunteers. Amen. Bless them. Amen. Thank you, children. (laughs) Hey, kiddo. Saul, still still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were there of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell on the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him away by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarshish, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, 
I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. This is the word of the Lord. Our psalm is Psalm 30, and we'll say it responsively by the half verse. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his. For his anger is but for a moment. Weeping may endure for a night. Now in my prosperity I said, Lord, by your favor you have made my mountain stand strong. I cried out to you, O Lord. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. To the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. This morning's second reading comes from the book of Revelation. Chapter 5, beginning at verse 11. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, forever and ever. The word of the Lord.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. John chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to him, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land, full of large fish. 153, and although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise the Lord Christ. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would anoint this time we have together to worship you, that you would speak to our hearts by your Spirit, Lord God. You prepare us for the week to head and bless our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to uh, talk today about the gospel lesson and a lot about it. Before I do, I want to I want to share with you uh, a kind of story, but it's like it, it's it's kind of a lesson I learned once, and it's a, it's like the difference between yes and and no but, <laughs> right? And uh, it has to do with the way you have conversations with people and each other. Um, Especially, I see that I've seen this in my life. I want to tell you where it came from, though, because it's it's a great story. I had a friend uh, that I worked with over 20 years ago, and we started talking when the U.S. and went into Afghanistan. And he was a he was a former Marine, 
who had, as a teenager, been in Vietnam as a dog handler. So I got to hear all these stories about his experience then, which, which, as he told me, he said, he never tells these stories to anyone. And I'm thinking, you've told me all of your stories, and you tell me about them all the time. It was, it was really wonderful. But we had this conversation one time. We were talking about one of the guys that he knew in boot camp and that he saw while he was in Vietnam. And so we Googled the Googled him up, you know, we searched for him. It was it was not so long ago that Google didn't exist, right? <laughs> and we found this guy, and he was living and working about 10 miles from where we were. So we got together for lunch. And so I sat there at lunch with these two guys, one of them who had uh, that I was working with in technology, another guy who was uh, a newspaper photographer, story writer, had stories in the L.A. Times. And, and they were talking about their experiences from 30 years earlier. And I was listening to their stories. Fascinating. Great, you know, great stories, these two guys. And every time one would say, do you remember when da-da-da-da-da? And the other one would go, yes, and add something to it, right? And, you know, I think about that when I hear people say no, when they really mean yes and something else. So... You know, I just throw that out there as we as we delve into this thing, because, you know, the, the gospel story that we're looking at today is very rich. And I want to share with you some things that I see in there. But I trust that the Holy Spirit, through all these things we're saying, is going to be illuminating all these many facets about the message that God has for us today at this moment in our lives. And that I want you to think, yes, and, and not... No, but <laughs> okay. So that's that's the preamble on this, and I want to I want to I really want to get into this story because I, I it's so typical of the kind of stories that I like in the gospel lesson because um, it, it really starts out with Peter saying, "I am going to go fishing." <laughs> it's like okay, when you sit down in your postdoctoral thesis meeting on philosophy and theology, you don't say things like, I'm going to go fishing. <laughs> it's a story. It's a story. It's revealing to us something very important, and it's very ordinary. What do you think the odds are that Peter would go fishing? <laughs> Could it have been more normal? You know, what is he doing, right? Because this is, this is a really crazy time in their lives. In the history of the world, there's never been a crazier time. Jesus is raised from the dead. What does that mean? <laughs> right? We know. We've got 2,000 years of all of these great Christian uh, saints before us, who prayed, who hear the word, who understand, who explain it to us. So we like, yeah, we know what that means. It means my sins are forgiven. I'm born again. I'm going to live eternally with God in heaven. It's, but what are they thinking? What is going on? And Peter, I'm going fishing. <laughs> and all the guys with him, there's like, there's a whole bunch of other people with him. Not all of the disciples, but a bunch of them, including uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee or sons of Thutter. It's like, you know, it's, they're fishermen. What are they going to do? What does this mean? I'm going fishing. And so they do. They go fishing. Great. And I, and I love the way these stories unfold. Everybody else says, we are going with you. And then 
They caught nothing. When has that ever happened to a fisherman? <laughs> what is the joke? That's why they call it fishing, not catching. <laughs> it happens, right? Yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, it happens. But this is this. You know, you, you can see it, and you know the other story I'm going to tell you about. It's in Luke Luke five, and the same thing happens. And this is this is at the beginning of the of the ministry of Jesus when. Uh, Peter and James and John are there, and they've been fishing, and they've been fishing all night and caught nothing. And then Jesus has this crowd of people around him, and he comes to Peter, gets in his boat, and says, push off a little bit from the shore. You know, one of the things that's really amazing, Peter Peter is a very impetuous, I think is the right word, impetuous. Uh, uh, He's the uh, ready, fire, aim guy. He's the guy who acts and then thinks about it. He's not a thoughtful, contemplative man. <laughs> he jumps in where he should not. But in this case, and in so many cases, what you see in Peter, Jesus comes, gets in his boat, and says, push off a little bit from the shore. And what does Peter say? Nothing. He just pushes off a little bit from the shore. And then Jesus teaches the people. Peter's got the front row seat. Lucky him. And then Jesus looks at Peter, and he says, push out into the deep. Put down your nets. Now, at this time, Peter goes, yeah, I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> I know you're not a fisherman. We've been fishing all night, and we've caught nothing. What are you, a carpenter? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but he does, right? He, he complains first, and then he does it. And, of course, you know the story, right? Too many fish. He can't get the fish into his boat. He has to call James and John, help me. There's too many fish here. Favorite fisherman stories. Help me, I have too many fish. <laughs> and in that story, there's, there's a sequence of things that happen that, that are normal kind of things. And that is that Peter and James and John and everybody there were minding their own business. And God breaks in on their life. Jesus comes and talks to them and everything is upset. Grace breaks in. And when they recognize that, what's happening to them, the response of people in that condition is, is, I'm a sinner. You should not be here with me. And that's what Peter says to Jesus when the fish is too great. Oh, Lord, get away from me. I'm a sinner. And um, Jesus is surprised. <laughs> oh, wait, no. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus knew. They, they pull the fish into shore, and, and Jesus says to Peter, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. It's like grace breaks in on Peter. And he recognizes that in the presence of God, how he stands in comparison. And he's not looking that good. And he recognizes it and he acknowledges that. And God acknowledges that too, right? There's a, there's a similar picture in Isaiah where Isaiah's grace breaks in on him. And he says, I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. And Jesus doesn't say, yeah, or, you know, God in heaven, is, this is Isaiah. It doesn't say, yeah, that's okay. But they takes a coal and puts it on his lips and says, now you're clean. 
In Isaiah's case, they said, who are we going to send to the people? And he said, send me. There's a mission. There's something God's calling you to. Grace breaks in on you, and you recognize who and what you are, and then God says, go and do. And God has saved us from hell and death, rescued us from the judgment of our own sin, that we might live forever praising him eternally. But that's not all. It's like in order to do something with your life, where do you go from here and what do you do? God is calling you to something. So here's this message, right? So this is this is like the context of, of where we're talking about. And um, the disciples, these like seven guys, fishermen are out fishing and they catch nothing. And somebody that they don't recognize from the shore says, throw your net down on the right side of the boat. Again, what are you, a carpenter? The right side of the boat? The fish can tell the difference? All night long they've been fishing on the right side of the boat, and the fish are hiding, no, left side side of the boat, and the fish are hiding on the right side of the boat. That makes no sense at all. (laughs) I don't know. You know, there's no record here. I look for the dialogue. I want to hear what they're saying. I want to to hear their voice. I'm going fishing. I will go with you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Throw your boat on the right side of the net. These little thought bubbles with a question mark in it. You know, what? (laughs) Really? Nothing. There's no nothing. They just throw the net on the other side. You know, we're in this context of their life story in this moment that is the most important moment of all of history, and Jesus is raised from the dead. I think they have just given up on understanding what the world is supposed to be like. <laughs> yeah, okay, right side of the boat. I guess that's where the fish are. <laughs> what do they got to lose? I mean, you know, seriously. So they do. They throw it over, and it's it's too much. There are... A lot of fish. And John, John's in the boat with Peter. John whispers to Peter, that's Jesus. (laughs) Right? It's the Lord. How else could that happen? That's Jesus. Peter, what does Peter do? I love this. It says, he put his shirt on and he jumped in a lake. (laughs) Yeah, okay, that makes sense. (laughs) I don't know. It seems odd, odd behavior to me. They're not that far. They said, what, like 100 yards from the shore or something like that, and he swims to the shore. Um, my guess, my guess, and it's just to get, you can add your yes and to this later instead of no but. Um, my guess is that he's, he's working, he's, he's not dressed properly. And John says, that's the Lord. And he's like, I'm not dressed properly to be in the presence of the Lord. So he puts his shirt on, and then he jumps in a lake. <laughs> Peter, Peter's not really in very good standing at this moment, I would think, at least in his own head. Because some of the last conversations that Jesus and Peter had was, Peter, you're going to betray me three times before the rooster crows in the morning. And then he did. So, Peter, how's his self-esteem? <laughs> hmm. I don't think he's looking at himself as such a great man at this moment. Um, uh, so 
interesting. I'm not dressed properly. He puts his shirt on. He jumps in the lake and he swims to shore. It's there's something, you know, something I like very much about Peter is that uh, yeah, there's fish. It's too. He's just going to assume that's a lot of fish. And if that's Jesus, he wants to be closer. There, there's this push and pull there. I'm not dressed properly. I have to be there. And off he goes, swimming to shore. It says later that that everybody's like looking at him, but nobody had the courage to say, are you Jesus? They know it was Jesus. <laughs> it was Jesus. Shortly after this, they, they sit down and they have breakfast. And after this, it's not the reading today, probably next week. I don't know. It's where Jesus says to Peter, and you've heard this, you know, uh, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. It's, it's like Peter's like knocking him down every step. And then he says, well, then feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. It's this initiation of mission. It is uh, uh, not ignoring the sin, but eliminating the sin, washing it away. Even Peter, who should have known better of all people, but he didn't. He made it. He, he sinned. But because of what Jesus did, he was forgiven. And his mission was returned to him. It's almost like there's the beginning with the net and at the end with the net. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. So this is a story, right? And so Peter now is there in his presence. He's push and pull the tug and the, they're, they're pulling this net ashore. And, and these are fishermen, right? So this is a re- record of a fishing experience by fishermen. So we have fishermen's details. They were large fish. You ever heard of a fisherman catching a small fish? (laughs) But I believe them because they were shocked. They're putting this down in writing and everybody was there. They're witnesses. They were large fish and there were 153 of them. That's interesting. 153, it has to mean something. I looked it up. It means a lot. (laughs) You know, yeah, I couldn't find any special secret hidden meaning on that one. So that's that again is for your yes and. When you discover the meaning of 153, my, my view is among fishermen, they're making a key point here. There were a lot, 153. And the fisherman goes, wow, that's a lot. And they were large. (laughs) They didn't have scales there, so they didn't weigh them. Otherwise, I'm sure we would have that detail too. It was a lot, and they were astonished that the net didn't break. It is a picture. It is a picture of what's going on in the world today, right? Is is he's in these? They're they're recounting these stories. Jesus is appearing to them. He has not ascended. He is resurrected, and he's visiting them. And they write. They're writing in these Gospels and in Acts and all these things. They're saying they're writing this so that you will believe. He appeared to us. And this is what happened when he did. This is how it happened. <laughs> Are they making it up? Are you kidding? If I was going to make up a story about how Jesus came and visited me, 
I wouldn't say that it all started with me saying, I'm going to go fishing. That's just not pious enough for a made-up story. He was living his ordinary life. It's interesting in the readings that we had today. I'm just going to pause here. So you have this picture. It's James is there. John is there. Peter is there. A bunch of other guys are there. And the, the first reading we had was about Paul. It's a completely different story. Paul, I love the beginning in the Acts reading. Um, I've got to save all my pages. The beginning. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. <laughs> that's a great start of a story. And that's St. Paul, Saul, breathing threats and murder. One of the things I think that we've learned about Paul, because we see the whole scope of his entire life, is that he was a man who was sincere in his belief in God, his love for God, and his zeal for God. But he was wrong. And he he was wrong, but he was also very effective in the work that he did in the community that he operated, the leaders of the Jewish community there. And he had... He had legal warrants to arrest Christians for the the crime of being Christians so that they could be put to death, imprisoned, punished. We're going to put an end to this. Uh, But he was wrong. And he is going to Damascus. And just like the Sea of Tiberias or whatever it was where Peter and John were fishing, Jesus is there, and he reveals himself to Paul. Knocks him off his donkey onto the ground. He sees this man, and he says, Paul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. What would you have me do? This deep theological conversation. Go to the city and wait. I'll tell you what you have to do. You know, the, the, the love of Saul, Paul, to serve God and to love him was sincere and true. And I trust all of ours is the same, sincere and true. And we can trust, I believe, that when we're wrong, that Jesus will let us know. Right? Is the story different? Grace breaks in on the life of Saul, and he becomes Paul, the great apostle. What what do I have to do? What do you want me to do? I'll do anything you say. It's not an explicit confession of sin, but it's a recognition of one thing, that he's going the wrong direction. And he needs to turn around. What would you have me do? I love the story of Ananias in this thing too, because uh, God goes to Ananias. And Jesus is talking to everybody. Is he talking to you? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) He goes to Ananias and he says, I want you to go to the street called Straight. That's pretty cool. (laughs) And I want you to lay hands on this 
Saul of Tarsus. And I was like, mm, yeah, no, that does not sound like a good idea at all. I have heard about this man, and I know what he's doing. And the first thing he's going to say to me is, you're a Christian, you're going to prison. <laughs> I don't want to do this today. I, I think about all those things, because he says, you know, I have like elaborated on that well beyond what's justified. Um, that might be worthy of a no, but <laughs> it doesn't say that. Um, but it, what it does say is what I what I think was the, um, you know, the grace of God. God loves us. Jesus loves us. He's like he he, he lets us know it's going to be fine. Uh, he cares about us. He comforts us, and he says it's all right, Ananias, because I'm going to show this man everything. He's going to have to suffer for my name. <laughs> and I might think, oh, suffering. I'd be glad to go see that. <laughs> I don't know. Again, maybe that's a no, but not a yes and. Uh, but it is, it is this great story at this season, this time, right, where God is interacting with, with men, revealing himself after he's been raised from the dead. In the case of Ananias and Saul of Tarsus, Jesus is resurrected. The time that they were living in is the same time we are living in. In Easter season, we hear these stories, Jesus revealing himself after he's been raised from the dead so that we know it's true. So that we know it's true today. Because what, what I think in all of these things is that... Um, God is wanting us to pay attention to what he's doing in our lives, really carefully paying attention. And when you say deeply profound things like, I'm going fishing, <laughs> that might be the very moment that the grace of God wants to break in on you. The very moment when you need to be paying close attention to hear what God is saying. Trust and what Jesus has done is more than enough to wash away your sin and, and as I've said recently, and your stupid mistakes. You know, we have regret for sin, but we also have regret for stupidities that we've done. But the grace of God is more than enough to put you back on your feet. To, to lift you up out of the ashes, to make a person out of you again, that you might walk in the ways that God has called you to walk. For you, by his grace, can fulfill the mission that God has given you. So, this Easter, pay attention to when God is speaking to you even if it seems like what you're doing at the time is ordinary. Here endeth the lesson. <laughs> Amen. Please stand. All right.
Let us say together the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, I acknowledge baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Brothers and sisters, God's favor lasts for a lifetime. Therefore, let us offer our requests and those of the whole world to him with confidence. For the church, that she will remain steadfast in preaching the resurrected Christ and his coming again. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. for the conversion of those who are persecuting God's people today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. for governments, that they will change unjust laws, regardless of the possible political fallout, taking courage from the apostles' word that we must obey God rather than man. Lord, in your mercy, hear our for the eyes of our spirit to be open that we may know God more clearly. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For our farmers and ranchers, that God will continue to provide seasonable weather and protection for all things necessary to sustain life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the poor, the fearful, the lonely, and the marginalized. Lord, in your mercy, for our own special intentions. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, to give us the kingdom. Hear our prayer and give us the grace to worship you in all we do. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. 
for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ. Have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolations. Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Turn and greet your neighbors with the peace of the Lord. Okay, good morning. I have a couple announcements uh, for just the life of the church we have going on here. Uh, Ladies' retreat is coming up in about two weeks, and I just want to encourage everybody to be in prayer for this, that God will move, that people won't be held back and they'll be able to make it, that the speakers will be inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is our opportunity as a church to cover this retreat and to build these ladies up so that they might have an amazing experience out there, not just a humdrum, not just, oh, we just made it out there, but something where God actually moves and pours out his spirit on them. Amen. (laughs) We want that. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And then uh, right after that, we've got a couple uh, more opportunities uh, here at St. Michael's and in the community uh, here in May, we've got our men's meeting at 9 o'clock on May 21st. And then also for those who are not going to that, uh, there's an opportunity to do a walk for life uh, for the Pregnancy Resource Center here uh, in town. And I just, uh, you know, any one of those things, God will, is a great opportunity for you. Amen. Oh, Dana, Dana Point. Point. Sorry. Okay. Amen. Amen. Let's go fishing. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name, but do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
We welcome all baptized believers to receive the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little, you who have been here often and you who have not been here long, you who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come, because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. Come to the table. The Lord be with you. With your spirit. Lift up your hearts. Lift them up to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. We praise you with greater joy than ever in this Easter season when Christ became our Paschal sacrifice. He is the true Lamb who took away the sins of the world. By dying, he destroyed death. By rising, he restored our life. And so with all the choirs of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory and join in their unending hymn of praise. upon these gifts and make them holy, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, a death he freely accepted, he took bread. He gave you thanks, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise. He gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ is died. Christ is risen. And Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. 
May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch Craig, our Bishop Douglas, and all of the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray. Connie, Susan, Serena, Naomi, Sonia, Sandra, Karen, Tammy, Denisa, Giovanni, Daniel, Jonathan, Nancy, Katie, Patrick, Jesse, Marin, the Marines and sailors of Camp Pendleton, and all those who serve in our armed forces. You can add the names of the people that you're praying for. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and so we have the courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For your kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Jesus died for you and feed on him in your hearts with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to his supper.
weather with uh, kind of an odd little situation. I don't, you know, it's like dizzy and things like that. It was a little concerning at first for me, um, but he's getting better. I want I want to encourage everybody to pray for him. Uh, it looks like it's just a virus and it'll pass, but it's like, you know what? I'm, I don't have the patience for this. Uh, so I want, I want to pray for him. Also, uh, Bishop Kessler and Karen are on a cruise this week, so pray also for their uh, safety and traveling mercies. Uh, Father Victor and KC are with them, and our Archdeacon David and his wife Jody. What's that? Oh yeah, you know it's it's like um, these guys in leadership. There's a there's a toll you pay for standing for the church, and it kind of weighs down on you. So you know, pray for those guys, lift them up. Pray for them. Pray for their bodies. Pray for their families. Pray for their strengthening and lifting them up. And uh, pray for, like I say, pray for Jesse also. Uh, he's kind of on a cruise. <laughs> Not nearly as much fun. So just want to encourage everybody to keep all of our friends in prayer. <laughs> Amen. Let's pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. And as you go out from this place, always remember the gospel, that God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself and not counting your sins against you. God loves you. God has forgiven you. God is not mad at you, and God will never leave you nor forsake you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love and care for, now and forever. Amen. Spirit.